welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouette, and this is a podcast for anyone who needs a refresher on the MCU movies before they hop into theaters for Endgame. Um, This is episode nine, so we're going to be talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Today's guest with me is Zachary Davis. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Kayla? I'm doing very well. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, I have a little bit of a podcasting background. I, I did a couple different weekly shows for just under two years under the, uh, secret stage banner. Um, worked with some different people that I still interact with on Twitter quite a bit, but, uh, things, you know, kind of just, we all grew apart and, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So we kind of put that on the back burner, but I've been really wanting to get back into um, that kind of thing, recording shows and talking about stuff like this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I like uh, comic books and I like movies, so you can imagine the MCU is a pretty big deal for me. Um, play a lot of video games. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, just kind of your typical nerdy dude, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. I think we're all pretty... Um... We're all pretty nerdy in our own ways, and that's yeah. why we're here. That's why I'm making this podcast, so I can talk to different people every day and um, see their feelings on all the movies. So so thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Um, I love the idea of the show, by the way. I, I yeah. like the, the idea of recapping everything before we go into the big one. Exactly, because this is the big one. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Marvel has more things planned out to surprise us in the future, but this is a big deal. Yeah. Um. The day that we're recording actually is the day that the tickets went up for Endgame, and it has been a shit show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I waited in a queue for a while to buy tickets, and I got pretty good seats. I do like to go to the first viewing, and I couldn't get those because they were sold out, so I'm, like, nervous. I'm going to go in, and somebody's going to walk out of the theater, like, screaming something and screaming right. for me. I'm a little nervous, but it's fine. I, I secured the bag. I got the tickets. There you go. That's awesome. I, I managed to get tickets too. I had to physically go out to. I went to two different theaters before I got them. But uh, yeah, I was having trouble trying to get them online. Oh, that's crazy. But I got them. The Dolby Atmos showing, so I'm I'm happy with that. So yeah, this it'll be a little so, later. In like the I don't think there's ever been a movie like this intense of like people trying to buy tickets, like and holding up the the queues. And stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure, but this seems to me like a pretty big deal. So. Well, it's kind of unprecedented, right? Like, it's yeah. you know, we've had longer running franchises for sure. But like, this is, I mean, we're going in what we have 21 movies released now. Yeah. With Captain yeah. Marvel. So, I mean, yeah, this is huge. This is a, you know, the 21st sequel to something that's, that's wild that it's as big as it is. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's why we're here. We're here to talk all about the movies before Endgame. Um, so we started out every episode with the recap. I'm going to be talking about the Winter Soldier. I'm going to be reading my script that I've taken notes from. And uh, I always like to say under 10 minutes, this one might be longer. I got a lot of notes. We're going to get we're going to get started. Are you ready, Zach? I'm ready. All right, cool. So the Winter Soldier, Uh, we see Cap running past another man over and over and over again (laughs) around the Lincoln Memorial reflecting pools. Uh, He keeps passing up this dude and he's saying on your left, on your left. Uh, After their run, um, the guy is catching his breath, and he jokes with Cap about running 13 miles in 30 minutes. He introduces himself as Sam Wilson. They both talk about the tours that they've served. 
Uh, Cap says he's been reading internet a lot, trying to catch up. Sam says, you gotta listen to Marvin Gaye, and Cap puts it on his list of things to catch up to. Um, Black Widow rolls up, picks him up. She says she's looking for the Smithsonian to pick up a fossil. Yeah. (laughs) So her and Cap uh, go on to a S.H.I.E.L.D. mission out on a boat in the Indian Ocean. A new guy from S.H.I.E.L.D. named Brock Rumlow is briefing them on the mission. Steve goes, he flies into the boat without a parachute. He starts taking out guys with a shield. Uh, Black Widow and Rumlow and the crew all roll up. So mid-fight, she's talking to Steve about setting him up on a date. Uh, Macklemore is here. It's not Macklemore, but (laughs) the enemy looks just like him, so I'm gonna call him Macklemore. Ready to fight. They have a bunch of tech people hostage. They end up freeing them. Cap goes after Macklemore. Uh, They're going head-to-head, and he's holding up, but Cap has a shield, and the guy calls him out, and he's like, I thought you were known for more than your shield. So Cap stows it away, he takes off his helmet, he goes after him without it, and he still kicks his ass. Cap finds Black Widow, and uh, she's backing up the hard drive on the boat for S.H.I.E.L.D., and he says that wasn't part of the mission. So then we pan to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in D.C., where Steve confronts Fury about lying so much. Fury's like, I didn't lie, Romanoff just had a different mission. So Steve asks why he doesn't trust him, and he says the last time he trusted somebody, he lost an eye. Steve thinks Fury holds all the secrets, uh, and he says no, he shares. So they go down to the underparts of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Fury shows Cap what they're working on. It's called Project Insight, and it's a continuous suborbital flight helicarrier. Uh, He shows off the guns under the aircrafts, and they're these long-range precision guns that can eliminate like 100,000 targets in a minute. Uh, Cap says that he did a lot of stuff back in the day to ensure freedom, and this isn't that. So then Cap goes to the Smithsonian to see his exhibit. He sits at the memorial for Bucky for a minute. He then watches a video of Peggy telling a story about how he saved over a thousand men, one of those who ended up being her husband. He goes to visit Peggy, who is now very much older, in the nursing home, and he tells her that he doesn't know if he's doing what's right anymore. She tells him not to be dramatic. He saved the world. She says the world has changed and they can't go back. The best they could do is start over. So he goes to grab her a glass of water. When he comes back, she's forgotten he was there. Uh, So it's kind of sad. So she's happy. He's alive. He's come back for her. And he tells her he couldn't leave his best girl, not when he owed her a dance. So pan back to Fury. He's alone in his office and he tries to open the file on the last mission that they did. Uh, But the access is denied. He can't even override the system. He's asking on whose authority, and it says his own authority. We see the council discussing the events of Avengers, and Fury walks in to meet with the head of the council, Alexander Pierce. Fury wants him to call for a vote on Project Insight being delayed because he thinks something's up with it. Uh, So Fury's driving after this, he contacts Agent Hill from Avengers and tells her about the suspicions that he has, and he needs her DC now. Right after he hangs up, he gets T-boned by a cop car, he gets surrounded by cops, and his car tells him that there's no units available in the area. A SWAT team tries to bust open his car window, so he uses a machine gun. He takes out a ton of men. It's a really cool, like, Nick Fury scene. It's probably, like, my favorite Nick Fury scene. Um, So he's injured. He tells the car to get away. There's a car chase through D.C. He almost gets away until there's a lone soldier in all black standing in front of his car who throws a grenade underneath to blow it up. Um, He goes to check on Fury, probably to take him out, but we see that Fury has escaped by, like, lasering through the ground. Uh, Steve shows back up to his place. He walks into his apartment and sees his neighbor with some laundry. Uh, He flirts with her a little bit, and she tells him that he left his stereo on. So he's, like, cautious of this, so he sneaks in through the window because he knows he didn't leave anything on. Um, He comes in and he finds Fury injured, who says that his wife kicked him out. 
And then he shows Cap a message on his phone saying, ears everywhere, uh, to let him know not to say anything stupid. He then types, shield compromised. Cap says, who all knows about your wife? And he says out loud, my friends. But then he shows Cap, you and me. So Steve out loud says, we're friends. And Fury says, that's up to you. And then right after that, there are shots fired through the wall, which take down Fury. So Steve drags him out. Fury hands him a USB drive and says, don't trust anyone. The neighbor that he was just talking to out of the hall um, busts in with a gun and says she's actually an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. here to protect Cap on Fury's orders. Cap sees the shooter and goes after him. There's a huge chasing scene. Um, He throws his shield at him, but then the shooter turns around and grabs the shield with his metal arm and throws it right back. Uh, The only part of the soldier showing is his eyes, and him and Cap, like, stare at each other really intently before he gets away. So Fury is now in the operating room with Natasha, Agent Hill, and Steve waiting, and then two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents walk in behind them and watch as Fury is pronounced dead. Natasha asks Steve why Fury was in his room, and he says, I don't know. And she says he's a terrible liar. And then Agent Rumlow from the beginning mission tells Steve that they're calling him in right now. So Steve hides the USB in the vending machine before he goes. Uh, And at S.H.I.E.L.D., he meets with Pierce, who also asks him why Fury was in his apartment and asks him if he knew it was bugged. He told him that Fury was the one to bug it. He shows a video footage of uh, the Macklemore guy from the beginning and tells him that he suspects that Fury hired the pirates to hijack the S.H.I.E.L.D. ship. It went sour and then they killed him. And then Cap says he doesn't believe that's true. So Pierce tells Cap, since he was the last person to see Fury alive, that was definitely no accident. Why was he there? And Cap says he told him not to trust anyone, and those were his last words. So Steve leaves, he gets in an elevator on his way out, and a bunch of larger men also get in with him, including Rumlow. And one guy has his hand on his gun, another guy is, like, breaking a sweat. So he says out loud in this really packed elevator, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? And then a fight breaks out. They try to subdue him. Um, He breaks out. He's kicking ass. It's like him against 10 other men. Rumlow says, I just want you to know, Cap, this ain't personal. He starts attacking him, but Cap knocks him out and he says, kind of feels personal. So he goes to get out the elevator, but it's surrounded by more shield operatives with guns. So he just busts on out of the elevator and he ends up escaping on his motorcycle. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is now telling everybody to keep all eyes on Captain America. Pierce says that he lied to them and he's a fugitive now. The neighbor agent who is working here at S.H.I.E.L.D. is skeptical of this. So Steve goes back to the hospital to retrieve the file, and then Black Widow already has it, and she's there. He goes back and forth with her about not trusting her, and he's asking her a ton of questions, and she says that she only pretends to know everything, but she does know who killed Fury. She says some people don't believe he exists. They call him the Winter Soldier. He has over two dozen assassinations in the last 50 years. She said going after him is a dead end. She's tried. It's a ghost story. The Council moves to immediately bring uh, Project Insight back online now that Fury is dead. And then Steve and Natasha are, they go to the mall in disguises. They go to an Apple store to retrieve the file. As soon as they plug it in, S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a notification and they go after them. So on the file, they see a spot in New Jersey that they have to go to. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up at the mall. They sneak out of the store by pretending to be a couple. They kiss. It's really weird. I never want to see that ever again. (laughs) Um, They steal a truck. They head to New Jersey. So Natasha asks Steve if she's the first girl he's kissed since 1945, and she still tries to ask him about his dating life, and he says it's hard to trust somebody when they don't know anything about who they are. And she says, who do you want me to be? And he says, a friend. And she says, he's in the wrong business. They show up to New Jersey to Camp Lehigh, where Rogers was trained to be a soldier. 
he finds a shield base that wasn't where it's supposed to be. So they explore the base, they find a secret passageway that leads them into a hidden elevator that goes all the way down into a room filled with old computers. Natasha puts the USB into this hard drive, the systems boot up, and Dr. Zola appears on the computer and Kat says that he has been dead for many years. And Zola says he's more alive than ever. This is like computer Zola. Uh, his mind was filled into 200,000 databanks and they are currently standing inside of his brain. He was recruited into S.H.I.E.L.D. to help them with their cause, but the whole time he was the one spreading Hydra to others under their nose for many years. Uh, for 70 years, Hydra's been secretly operating and waging wars and erasing people. Howard Stark's death, Fury's death, all of that was done by Hydra. They are almost ready to unleash their main goal, taking out all their enemies at once, and then the screen pans to Project Insight. So the door's shut, a missile is shot towards them, sent from S.H.I.E.L.D., happen at hide under Cap's shield in a small break in the floor, and they get out of the burning building. We see Pierce at his home, going to get some milk before bed, and the Winter Soldier is here waiting for him. Pierce tells him that he wants confirmed death in 10 hours on two level 6 operatives. Cap and Widow, they show up at Sam's place uh, to lie low. Natasha's really upset because she thought she was going straight joining S.H.I.E.L.D., but turns out she just traded the KGB for Hydra. They decided to go after one of the S.H.I.E.L.D.'s top agents, Jasper Sitwell to question him about what's going on, but they know they can't do it because they're the most wanted people in DC. So Sam shows them his army files that are labeled Falcon, and he says that he can help them out. So we pan to Senator Stern from Iron Man 2, uh, meeting with Sitwell, and as they're leaving lunch, he gives him a hug and whispers in his ear, Hail Hydra. It's a very famous scene that people make fun of all the time. Um, so when they leave, Sam calls Sitwell, tells him to walk around the corner or they're going to shoot him down. So we see Cap intimidating Sitwell on the roof of a building, asks him why he was on the boat from the beginning and what Zola's algorithm is. And then Sitwell tells Cap, throwing me off a building is not your style. So Cap's like, you're right, it's hers. And Black Widow just like kicks him off the building. Uh, He falls for a little bit. And then we see Falcon in action for the first time, who grabs him, throws him back onto the building with them. Sitwell's freaked out. He says the algorithm can take out any threat to Hydra at any time. People like Cap, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange, which I'm pretty sure is the first time we get a mention of Doctor Strange, which is really cool. Right. Um, or anyone who is a threat to Hydra. So the 21st century is a digital broker, and Zola taught Hydra how to read it through bank records, phone calls, etc. Uh, for the Insight hel- for the Insight helicarriers to scratch people off of their list, and it's launching in 16 hours. So on their drive out of the area to figure out a plan, the Winter Soldier attacks them. They hold up some traffic on the interstate. There's a big fight. Winter Soldier is aiming for Cap, but Black Widow gets a shot on him. And I think he's like super pissed off about that. So he tells the Shield Strike guys to go after Cap and he's got her. Falcon gets a gun. He starts to hold it down uh, so that Cap can go over the Winter Soldier and Black Widow. These two, this is a really cool fight because they're both like assassins, match made in heaven. Uh, it's really cool. And then Cat busts in to back up Natasha. Him and Winter Soldier are going at it. They lock eyes again. They keep fighting. And then Cap knocks the mask off of the lower half of his face to reveal the Winter Soldier is Bucky Barnes. He says to him, Bucky. And the soldier says, who the hell is Bucky? And just shoots at him. Uh, he gets away and they're all surrounded by S.H.I.E.L.D. strike agents and get taken in. In the truck on the way to S.H.I.E.L.D., Steve tells them that it was his friend and lost soldier who was shooting at them. Zola experimented on him, and he says, like, it's all his fault. Um, And there's two other S.H.I.E.L.D. soldiers in the car with them, and one of them takes out the other and reveals to be Agent Hill, which, 
if you don't remember who Hill is that I keep bringing up, it's it's Robin from How I Met Your Mother. So <laughs> yeah. that's who Hill is. Um, so Hill sneaks them out using an, another laser to escape, just like we saw earlier with Fury. Um, she takes them to an underground facility to show that Fury is still alive. He just pretended to be dead to get S.H.I.E.L.D. off his track. And this scene's cool. If you didn't notice this, Natasha is getting some treatment for um, on her wounds from the fight from Joe Russo. So he makes his own cameo. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so back at S.H.I.E.L.D., or should I say Hydra, uh, we see how Bucky was turned into the Winter Soldier. He lost an arm after the fall from the train. They experimented on his body and his mind. They put him on ice just like Cap. Um, and they take him off ice whenever they need him. Kind of fucked up. Um, Barnes asks Pierce who the man on the bridge was, and he says that he knows him. So Pierce tells the guys just to wipe him and start over. So they bolt him down. They use electrotherapy on him. Fury talks to the group about Pierce and says it's stuff like this that gives him trust issues. They make a plan to shut down the carriers and assume everyone with them is Hydra. Fury wants them to salvage what they can, but Cap says they're not salvaging anything that was touched by Hydra. S.H.I.E.L.D. has been compromised. So Cap starts reminiscing on being friends with Bucky before his transformation. Before his transformation, Falcon says, whoever he used to be, the guy he is now isn't the one you save. It's the one you stop. And Cap says he doesn't know if he could do that. So Cap tells Falcon to suit up. Falcon says, what are you going to wear? He says, in order to fight a war, you need to wear a uniform. We pan to Captain America's exhibit in the Smithsonian, where Stan Lee has his cameo and he is a guard and he walks in to find Captain America's outfit is stolen. And he says, Oh man, I am so fired. <laughs> the council appears in person to S.H.I.E.L.D. base, and Pierce gives them all these name tags that gives them unrestricted access to the building. And then we see Cap, Agent Hill, and Falcon sneak into the building. Pierce has his meeting with the council, and Steve Rogers goes to the telecom to talk to all the workers at S.H.I.E.L.D. He tells them that although they've been ordered to hunt him down, he has to tell them the truth. S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer what we thought it was. It's been taken over by HYDRA. Pierce is their leader. The Strike and Insight crew are HYDRA as well. He doesn't know how many more there are, but they're in the building. They're going for absolute control, and if you launch those helicarriers today, Hydra will kill anyone who stands in their way unless we stop them. He says the price of freedom is high, but it's the price he's willing to pay. The council approaches Pierce pretty pissed off, and the strike crew walk in, and the council member tells them to arrest Pierce, but instead they aim the gun at the council. Rumlow approaches the launch system and tells them to send the helicarriers out. The guy manning the system says no, Cap's orders. So he puts a gun to his head, the blonde neighbor puts a gun to his head, and the whole room is, like, aiming weapons at different people. It's like that scene from The Office, and I know you know what I'm talking about. They're all just, (laughs) like, aiming at each other. (laughs) Uh, A shootout starts in the room, and while it's happening, Rumlow sends the helicarriers out. They try to override it, but the whole underground floor is flooded with Hydra agents taking everyone out. Cap and Falcon head off to take out some guys and stop the ships from launching. Pierce watches the action from his office with the council and tries to get them to rally to his side. He goes to shoot one of the members, and then the older woman on the council starts kicking everybody's ass in the room. She puts a gun on Pierce and reveals Black Widow in a disguise. Like, think about, like, Game of Thrones with the changing faces. It was really weird technology, but it was Black Widow in disguise. Uh, She goes to release all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra secrets on the internet for everyone to see, which includes all of her history that she's hidden from the world. Falcon has this really cool aerial fight. He causes the jet to blow themselves up. He goes inside and he locks down one of the Hellcarriers. Now the Winter Soldier is here. He's here to defend the last ship. Uh, Fury gets off of a helicopter to show up in front of Pierce and he's alive and well uh, because in order to override the system, they need two high up signatures. Pierce's fingerprint and Fury's. 
But then Pierce is like, nah, we wiped all of your prints from the system, and Fury lifts up his eye patch and says he's been ahead of everyone else. The Winter Soldier takes out Falcon's wings, he gets grounded, Hill tells Falcon to go after Rumlow, who's trying to get up to the council. Cap and Barnes meet again on the helicarrier. Cap says, please don't make me do this, and starts fighting Barnes, who doesn't say a word, but he's blocking the override system. They're fighting over this large ledge on the helicarrier. At the top, the files have been finished uploading and are trending on the internet. Pierce pushes a button on his phone, making all the council members except Black Widow go down, because the pins they received in the earlier scene are rigged to blow. He tells her to put down her weapon or she's next. Before Rumlow can make it up to them, him and Falcon start fighting. The weapons start to load and aim, and they have one minute before 100,000 enemies are taken out. Uh, Cap and Barnes are fighting. Cap chokes him out. He gets back up to override the system, but right before he does, Barnes shoots, shoots him in the stomach. We get a countdown. Three, two, one, and Cap reaches up and overrides, making the only three targets the helicarriers. He can't get out, and Bucky is still up there, so he calls Hill and says, execute the order anyways. Barnes is trapped, and the ships are going down into the water. So Pierce tries to escape with Black Widow hostage, but she electrocutes herself to disarm the pin, and Fury shoots Pierce down, who says, hail Hydra, right before he dies. Cap tries to free Bucky before they crash. Um, we see Falcon and Rumlow, they're still fighting, and the helicarrier crashes into them. Uh, Falcon jumps out of the window into the helicopter with Fury and Natasha while Rumlow disappears into the smoke. Steve tries to get Bucky to remember him, and he's not fighting him back. He says that Bucky's his friend, and Bucky says he's his mission. So he's, like, continuously punching Cap in the face, and he looks like he's pretty upset about it, and Cap says he's with him till the end. Bucky hears this, he stares at him, and we assume that he starts to remember him, and they fall into the water. Bucky pulls Cap out of the water and leaves him there and escapes. Later, I don't know how long later, but Cap wakes up in the hospital with Sam there, playing Marvin Gaye, and he says, on your left. The remaining loyal S.H.I.E.L.D. agents start training up with the CIA. Hill is now working for Stark Industries. Rumlow was rescued from the tower and is covered in burns. Senator Stern is taken into custody. We're getting, like, all these pans of what happens to everybody. Cap is still a fugitive, and Black Widow is now on trial. Uh, they ask her about taking down their shield defenses, helping Hydra gain control. They say all of her crimes make her liable for a penitentiary. She says they won't put her in prison because they need them. They're the ones best qualified to defend them. And then we see Fury setting all of his stuff on fire because he is now a dead man to the world. Uh, Natasha hands Cap a file and tells him to call the neighbor who turned out to be a shield agent. Her name is Sharon. Uh, he flips through the file. It's all about Barnes, and Falcon tells him that he's going to go with him to go after him. The movie ends. Uh, we have two end credit scenes. This is actually one of my favorite end credit scenes. It's really cool. Um, so we see these two scientists who are worried that now that Hydra's been exposed, they're going to be found out. The first man says he's not worried. They have something far greater than Hydra's help. They have Loki's sphere from Avengers. He says to dispose of all the deceased experiments. The second man says, what about the survivors? The twins? And then we see Scarlet Witch and her brother Quicksilver in cells experimenting with their powers. And the first man says, this is the age of miracles and there's nothing more horrifying. And then the second egg credit scene is all the way at the end. Um, we're back at the Captain America exhibit, but this time we're with Bucky and he's learning about himself. So that is The Winter Soldier. Tell me, Zachary, how do you feel about this movie? I love this movie. This is <laughs> one of my favorites uh, in the entire MCU. 
I think it has a winding story that has a lot of twists and turns to it. You're constantly kind of thinking you figured out who's behind the whole plot, then it kind of shifts over to somebody else, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. You did a great job of recapping it, by the way. Yeah, I feel like my first time watching this movie in theaters, and, like, I was never a huge Captain America fan, but I was like, I'm still going to go, you know, I want to see everything. And I was like, wait, I was like, is Fury the bad guy? Like, who's the bad guy? Are we the bad guys? Like, what's going on? It's like, you're, like, second-guessing the whole time. Well, and especially coming off of, you know, the last time we've seen Fury is in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're coming off of that movie where it, Iron Man kind of figures out that Fury was making weapons behind the Avengers' back. And, you know, they didn't like that. And so, yeah, you're kind of already predispositioned to think, this guy's shady, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I really like what this movie does with Fury. Um, You know, obviously don't want to go into any spoiler territory, but, uh, you know, he's... You you get a bit of his backstory in Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. But I think this movie, he's a radically different Fury. And you sure. see why he doesn't trust the world. And, you know, he, he has a couple lines about that throughout the film. And it's one of the first times you kind of really start to get a feel for Captain America's, like, ideology. And mm-hmm. it really sows the seeds for what we're going to see later in, like, Age of Ultron and Civil War. And why he conflicts, you know, conflicts with some of these other characters. But uh, I really like the way that Fury comes off as fallible in this movie. Like he, in his previous appearances, you know, he kind of seems like he's pulling all the strings. And always is a step ahead of everybody else. And in a lot of ways he is, even in this movie. But I mean, yeah, you see him royally screwing up. You know, he put a Mm -hmm. lot of faith in this project that ended up being kind of, he ended up being Hydra's puppet. Which I think is really interesting right. to see him in. I feel like this movie has a lot to do with trust issues. Not only do we not know who to trust, right? But, like, he doesn't know who to trust. And it's funny because, like, he's the secret master. And he's supposed to be the one that, like, knows everything that's going on. And then, mm-hmm. like, surprise, right under your nose the whole time, you've been in- infiltrated by Hydra this whole time and you didn't even know, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's kind of an over... You know, I really like, if you break down kind of the different trilogies in the MCU, I think that Captain America's is one of the better ones. And like like you said, I was never a huge Captain America fan. You know, I always mm-hmm. kind of skewed, you know, towards Spider-Man and, and Iron Man, but Captain America was never one of my favorites. But like I said, what I think these movies do so well is that it really is, Steve has a really strong sense of right and wrong. And you see that he's constantly trying to do the right thing with whatever information he has, and kind of as that changes, his position changes. You know, he's he's pretty dynamic in that way. He doesn't just stick to, you know, we have to stop the threats before they happen, or anything like that. He just says, no, that's not right. That's not the kind of freedom, you know, we fought for back in World War II. It's not what he's going to do now. And I really like that about his character. And I think this is a good evolution of what we saw in, you know, his previous mm-hmm. two appearances in the MCU at this point. What did you think about the villain? Like, what did you think about the Winter Soldier. I mean, I, well, I guess there's a, a bunch of villains, right? Like Hydra, of course, is the main villain, but we get the Winter Soldier. We get the new guy, Agent um, Rumlow. He's a big mm-hmm. part of this. Zola is back. So there's a lot of villains. I think mm-hmm. and you you know, Hydra Pierce is the too. main Yeah, Pierce, right? It's like Hydra yeah. is the main villain, plus Hydra is controlling Winter Soldier. So how, how did you feel about that? Right. So I really... I really like Robert Redford in this movie. I, I think his, you know, he really sells it at the beginning that he was Fury's friend and he's trying to, you know, figure out who killed his friend. And, and you feel that. You believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you start to see that 
him and the rest of Hydra, yeah, are really everywhere. And that gives you, like I said, gives you trust issues. Um, and I, I'm sorry, what is the, the agent who uh, works with Captain um, at the beginning of the film? What's his name? Rumlow. He, I can never yes. remember his name. Um, he, I think, is a good foil for some of the more mundane characters in the movie. You know, like, he can certainly mm-hmm. hold his own, but it gives you, you know, when he's fighting Falcon, like, that feels right. You know, if you yeah, were to put there's... him against someone like Cap or even uh, mm-hmm. Natasha, like, it just doesn't, you're like, they would destroy him. Like, so it's nice to have him kind of there to give the more normal characters, you know, something to do. Yeah. What is his name in Ultron? Like, he they, he has, like, an actual villain name, and he's in Age of Ultron for, like, two seconds. Do you in, know who it was? He's in, he's in Civil War. Civil War, yeah, and he goes by uh, Crossbones in that film. Crossbones, okay, yeah, because it was like I know he has another name. I know it's not like brought up anywhere except for the comics, but I I knew it was in one of the starts of the movies. Right, Uh, so that actually leads right into kind of the next point I wanted to make. So going into this movie, being someone familiar with Marvel comics, you know, I knew I knew who the Winter Soldier was going to be. Yeah, for sure. But what I like about what this movie does, and really, you know the first Avenger sets the stage for this, is that that feels earned. When that mask comes off and Steve sees that it's Bucky for the first time, like, mm-hmm. you do really feel that. Like, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a surprise to me, but it's like, oh, wow, like, this is, there is an emotional connection here think, because like, these two characters have been through so much. I think most people, like, even without reading, like, comics, like, going into that movie, most people knew that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's, it's people are talking about it. Everybody knows. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I, I think I knew... Watching the film, I knew the whole time it was Bucky, but mm-hmm. seeing the payoff was really good. Like, you still feel, like, shocked and moved by it, even though you knew. <laughs> right. So, like, I like that their their approach wasn't to, let's try to keep this a secret. Yeah. And, like, I think kind of like the the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, they really wanted you to not see anything coming with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was their approach here. It was just, like, we want to build that connection so you understand why this is powerful for both mm-hmm. characters. And I think they did that beautifully. I like we see a lot uh, I mean, it's a Captain America movie. We see a lot of the Smithsonian, the Cap thing. Um, really cool. I didn't mention in my recap, but I liked when um, when Fury, they're like, they see Fury's alive again, and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I watched right. you die. And he was like, well, Bruce Banner made this serum to slow his heart rate down, but it didn't work for him. It worked for me, though. And we're just like, what? right. Yeah, I I mean, I think this movie gets a bad rap at times for kind of the way the story is presented. I think a lot of people think it relies really heavily on the action to kind of cover mm-hmm. up the story. But like I said, I like that it takes the different turns that it does, and it has a lot of backstory. Like, this movie really trusts the viewer to keep up with it in a way I don't think a lot of mainstream, you know, tentpole movies do these days and so i can appreciate that about this one um not to say that some of the other mcu movies are dumbed down by any means because i I don't think that but i think this one does kind of require some prior knowledge you know of the first avenger and the avengers film Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and kind of ask you to to keep up and follow it yeah i liked to like i feel like a lot of the movies are just like you know origin story action movie it's fine i feel like this is one of the first ones that in the series that like comes through that actually kind of has like a a background like message right like mm-hmm. so like the people in power can be bad people it's like just watch out for that and um 
and like who to trust, right? We keep talking about like trust issues, but um, but there is like somewhat of a message behind the whole Hydra coming back into power and things like that. Um, that was really quite interesting. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out that like I I love Black Widow in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. this is her what third appearance in the, the uh, franchise so far. I think Iron Man two. Yes. Yeah. 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 Third. And she's kind of. She's not a background character, but she's never in the forefront in those two movies. You know, you always yeah. have kind of someone else stealing the show around her. And in this movie, she very much feels like a co-lead and is just more badass than ever. I mean, she's knocking people down left and right. It's it's awesome to watch her do her thing and really hold her own with Cap. Like, you can tell she should be there working with him. Like, I feel um, like this was very much the Captain America and Black Widow movie. Exactly. Um, I think it closes down kind of the arc with S.H.I.E.L.D. really well. Because, you know, the first phase Mm -hmm. one really sets it up as this big overarching force that's going to kind of, you know, shape where the MCU is going. And this movie is totally willing to, like, subvert that expectation and just say, like, no, we're getting rid of that. that. That's, they're the bad guys Mm -hmm. now. You you don't have this foundation kind of to fall back on. Like, which is interesting, though, because, like, yeah, we don't have this foundation. We see at the end all the S.H.I.E.L.D. people doing their own things now, but, like, mm-hmm. going further through the movies, a lot of really big and bad shit happens with the team, and it's like, do you, like, what, do you personally think it was a good idea to get rid of somebody to, like, hold them back? Because we see, like, later in Avengers, when people are wanting them to sign something to say, like, they're gonna follow, like, the U.S. leaders and sign this treaty and the world leaders and things like that, but, like, would they have had to do that under S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So... That's a, that's a good point. I mean, with, uh, you know, Sokovia probably would have gone a lot differently. I guess they do have the helicarrier by the end of that fight, but you're right. Like, mm-hmm. with the support of S.H.I.E.L.D., I probably would have gone radically different. That's a good point. Um, and then just, I, I really like the, the way the action is edited together in this movie. I know they're really quick cuts, which people sometimes criticize, but it really, especially in the scene on there's two scenes where I think it showcases really well on the boat in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and in the elevator. Like it really makes Cap I seem superhuman by just how scene. quick. Yeah, the elevator seat is awesome. When he says that, like before we get started, does anybody want to get off? Like that's so badass. Mm-hmm. He just delivers it really so. Cool. Yeah. So I was thinking, like in the on the boat scene, it was like I love watching Black Widow fight. Like we have that scene in Iron Man um, where she's kicking ass right and then mm-hmm. like that's a good that's like her like first scene it looks really cool and then we also have like this scene on the boat just in the beginning of the movie she's just like kicking all these guys out and like she looks awesome and it looks great um i love those scenes i do loved the the scene too where cap throws his shield and bucky like grabs it with his arm which yeah his arm is vibranium right uh i don't know I, I, feel, I guess I'm I don't like, know that for sure, but that would make some sense. Positive that his arm is vibranium, and that's the reason why he can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was pretty cool because, like, you know, at that point we know, but Cap doesn't know, and all he can see is his eyes. And there's like that moment of like, right? I feel like I know those eyes. Like, how do I know you? Like, what is this? You know, right. emotions. Yeah, I just I like this movie a lot. <laughs> this <laughs> is a really good movie. I I watched, like I said, I watched this movie in theaters, and I'm not a huge i wasn't a huge captain america fan i was just like oh i'm gonna go see it because i know age of ultron is coming and i want to be prepared and and yeah it was just it was i felt like 
even watching the movie without familiarizing myself with Captain America, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a good standalone movie. Like, you said that you felt like you needed to, like, maybe watch the others, like, time, but, like, I felt like this was a good, like, by itself it was a good movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, this, you know, having watched this uh, just last night, like, I I hadn't, you know, really done any other prep. I hadn't really watched any other ones around this movie. And yeah, it, I mean, just as a one to pop into, and then I probably won't watch another one until Endgame. That's probably not true, but, uh, but you know, yeah. I, well, you I could just listen to the podcast. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I'm content, you know, just watching this one. It's funny, I, I don't own this one. It's like one of the only ones I don't um, own the Blu-ray for. And I thought, you know, I'll go out and I'll pick one up. And then I, I went out to Best Buy and saw the first Avenger was just re-released in 4K. And I thought, well, they must be doing Winter Soldier. And they're releasing that, like, two days before Endgame comes out. So I was like, I won't be able to get that for the podcast. But, you know, That's such I'm a weird for flex. That. Why is. would they do that? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know. I feel like they should release them all. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, so, yeah, is, I completely forgot. But I loved the part where Fury, like, shows up in his apartment and he's like showing him his phone with like the yeah shield compromise like that's such a good part because like cap is still skeptical like cap even though this man is like coming to him before anybody else he's still skeptical like he's like i feel like i still can't trust this guy right but now i gotta go out of my way to like do all do more things for fury even though now he's dead you know so right and i think cool. fury even realizes that in that moment like i've been pulling all these strings so yeah People don't trust me, and they probably shouldn't. So I like that he doesn't kind of reveal himself until the time is right. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows what to do with the helicarriers. Um, before we get into the review, um, I want to know what your top three Marvel movies are. So, um, what should be no surprise because of the all the glowing points you just made about it? My number one MCU film is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, number two is Spider Man: Homecoming. Um, I've always loved nice. Spider-Man, and I just think that's the best interpretation we've seen in live action. I would have said on film until about three months ago when Into the Spider-Verse came out. Yeah, for um, sure. but yeah, you're not the first great. person to put Homecoming in their top three, so yeah, it's a it's a popular one. And then I've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two as number three. Interesting. I know people go back and forth, you know, whether they like that or the first one better. And while I l- agree that the second one, the humor isn't as sophisticated, I don't think, in the second uh, one as in the first. The but... humor in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is what makes me despise the movie. And, and, I, and I, that's fair. <laughs> I hate saying that because when I rewatched it recently, I was like, this is an actual, it's a good movie. There's a great ending fight scene and like the, the, the thought about the movie, like everything that goes into it is so great. But then you just have Drax as a character who just makes me hate it. He just makes these stupid one-liners that aren't funny. And, like, I just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Drax. It sucks. I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree. That's a that's a weaker point of the film. I just think it has a better emotional core to it than the first For one sure. does. With everything oh, definitely. And that's why and I Star like Lord it. And Ego and, and Baby Groot is just adorable. Watch him oh, yeah. do his thing throughout the movie, so. Yeah, I, I like that one quite a bit. This, the first Guardians is pretty high on my list, too. But Same. I, I've watched that movie so many times. I think the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy picked up so well is because of how fun and funny it was. Like, mm-hmm. most of the Marvel movies have just, like, little bits of humor in them that make them great. But, like, this was such a funny film. 
Right. So everybody was expecting that, and then they just overdid the humor too much because they were relying on it. But then right. they threw in this actual really cool, like, emotional story that I wanted to vibe with. And then those, the humor just, like, ruined it for me, which sucks because that's what I liked so much about Guardians 1. So it sucks that I have to, like, always put it so low because every time I go to rewatch it, I just get mad. Like, I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't want to watch this right. because of the, the jokes, but. Yeah, that's fair. That's I, I do think Ego makes, and I'm sure you'll talk about this when you get to these two movies, but mm-hmm. I think Ego is a much better villain than Ronan turned out to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ronan just kind of feels kind of cookie cutter to me. Um, also, just wanted to point this out. I usually ask people where this movie that we reviewed is on their top list, and <laughs> you already answered that for me. It was number one. So, good good rating um, on your end. Now it's time for me to make my choices. Yeah, I'm curious to see where you put this one. All right. So, as of now, as of now, we have nine movies. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. We're gonna have number one, Avengers. Number two, Winter Soldier. Number three, Captain America. Number four, Iron Man. Number five, Thor. Number six, Incredible Hulk. Number seven, Iron Man three. Number eight, Iron Man two. And number nine, Thor two. Thor: The Dark World has to go last. I'm sorry. Oh, um, not with yeah. you on that one. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so I'm yeah, Winter Soldier. Or, uh, the, the Hulk so high. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that, but I I like Incredible Hulk. I'm not a fan of Iron Man two or three. Okay. It's not that I like hate them or anything. It's just you know there's so many. I'm I, I repeat this all the time. I repeat myself all the time. There's so many good movies that come out. Some of them just have to go to the bottom. That's just how it works. Right, and that's how I feel about the MCU. I mean, I think Thor The Dark World is probably the only one I would say I don't like. Yeah. It's just, you know, my my only thing with Hulk, it's not that it's a bad movie, it's just, in terms of the MCU, I feel like it's so radically different mm-hmm. that it's, like, hard for me to compare it to, you know, the, the stuff we've had since. But yeah, um, Winter Soldier is taking the second place. I really do like this movie. I think as we go on to, there's going to be a lot of spaces getting dropped down because sure. we're getting into that territory where the movies get like better and better and better and have to like knock it out. So, so yeah, before we talk about spoilers, Zach, I can call you Zach, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out and talking Winter Soldier, your favorite Marvel movie with me. Um, I know I was stoked when you said I could do that one. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, it's, it's available. <laughs> So yeah, um, it's been fun. I really did enjoy this movie. I've said it again. I'm going to say it again. But Captain America is, or was not my cup of tea, but I really do enjoy this movie. This movie makes me appreciate him as a character more. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, if y'all liked listening and liked hearing from Zach, uh, before we talk about Endgame, give him a follow on Twitter. It is at Zacterium. Is is that how you pronounce it? Zacterium. Yeah. yeah, it's a Z A C T E R I U M, Zacterium, Zacterium, whichever you want to pronounce it. Go give him a follow. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. The next episode is Guardians of the Galaxy, so we're gonna leave leave our world and we're gonna go to another galaxy far, far away. That'll um, be a fun one. I'm excited oh, to yeah. see that one. I like I said, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one of the movies that I've seen so many times, so it's gonna mm-hmm. be really easy to talk about. We are going to get into the endgame theory, so 
if you don't want to hear any of it, if you don't want to even have anything in your head before going to the movies, stop listening. Thanks for watching. Um, but yeah, I want to know, do you, do you have any theories on Endgame? Well, I, I do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with one, though, that I, I feel like at this point has kind of been debunked. So okay. I thought for a long time, what I thought had happened with the with the snap was that it kind of split the reality in two. So what we saw at the end of Infinity War was one of those realities with those characters still intact. And at the same time, there was going to be a parallel reality with all of the other characters there and our core Avengers disappeared in that one. Now, the only problem with that is um, just recently, you know, they put out all those cool Avengers Endgame posters and we had the yeah, yeah. the characters that uh, were snapped, were grayed out, and those that weren't uh, were shown in full color. And Happy Hogan is one of those that is still around, according to the poster. We see mm -hmm. him in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. So that kind of makes uh, my theory not yeah, hold so much that, water anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that said, I, I've kind of given up on the, the split reality theory. But I think I like a lot of people... I feel like, maybe not split reality, but I still feel like there could be a way where all of these people, like these snapped people are somewhere else, but not necessarily like a split reality, but they are in another thing you know what i'm saying so, i've heard i've heard that they might be encased in the soul the soul stone that's what that's one of the theories that i i think works out really well yeah i i think that would be that would be fitting um and it would give us a good excuse maybe to bring gamora back too because she and right. three could be there and i think a guardians three without gamora would be Look, strange i i am one of those people that truly believe that gamora and loki are gone because it was before the snap but if they're gonna bring Gamora back, they better bring Loki back because I'm not having it. All right. Really? See, I, <laughs> I don't know if Loki's coming back. I I love the character. I think he's excellent. I just I don't know. I I think I mean, it I might be. I don't really want him to come back either, in the sense that like for the plot point. But if they're gonna bring one of the people before the snap, I think you know they should bring all of them because it's not fair. That's just my opinion. Because I love that's, Loki. No, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, and then going kind of in that that vein, I think some of our core Avengers are aren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think some will. I think, I think Thor is probably safe. Yeah, I think agreed. Thor I've by the end of the before. movie, yeah, will go off and be king of the new Asgard, and he'll be fine. I, I don't know if, like, the state of the Hulk at the end of Endgame. I, I don't know. I, I know there's been some speculation that maybe the Hulk part of the personality will take over. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if we'll see him as Bruce Banner ever again. That's and I, I think I could see them doing that just because, you know, actor contracts are messy and it'd be easier on them to just have to make a CGI character. <laughs> and that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I never even thought about that. But like, I don't think they could technically kill off the hulk because of that comment right. that he made in avengers where he can't die you know yeah but again you know contracts right so that that would make a lot of sense and i didn't think about that and you know why that makes sense too what they could play off that is how in infinity war the hulk wouldn't come out because the hulk was like shook right right and 
you know, the Hulk was in in control of Bruce for a really long time in Ragnarok, and then we see Bruce again. So I wonder if you're right, and this snapping thing that, you know, this, him coming out the second time after being suppressed and, like, not wanting to come out might be the last time. And he, like, fully takes over because of something, like, with that. That would be crazy. Right. And, I mean, Bruce makes a comment in Ragnarok that, you know, if he transforms, he doesn't know if he'll be able to um, come back again. And, obviously, that doesn't happen so much in that, I guess, I mean, he gets the crap kicked out of by Thanos and then yeah, yeah. turns back into Bruce. But, but yeah, I, I but don't But the know. fact that he made the comment means right. something. So I, I think it just, you know, and there's weird contract stuff with the Hulk character. Like Universal has like the first right to refusal for like a solo film. And so there's like, I don't know that Marvel Studios is necessarily interested in making another solo film. So I, I don't know kind of what they'll want to do with that character going forward. Yeah. Um, I do think, I think we're going to lose either Cap or Tony. And I think Cap is probably more likely. I want them both to die, but I don't. Like not not a not in a mean way. I don't want anybody right. to die. I love them, but I think it's time that they yeah. Go. I think you kind of just be sad want about some it, finality but... to it. Right, right. You you don't want to always think, well, Tony could come back for this movie, or you know, like I I do kind of want it to just be like, no, this is the definitive end of. I also I'm one of those people who, uh, don't want anybody to take up the mantle. Like everybody's like, oh. Cap's gonna die, Bucky's gonna take the shield, or, like, you know, something like that, but, like, I don't want that, I just want the, the characters to just be, like, they had their, they had their moment, and they were great, and we got all these great, yeah. like, experiences with it, and I don't think that we need somebody to take over, because then we're just gonna be comparing, and uh, we don't need to do that, like, just let them have their moment, you know? Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see another Iron Man. I, I've heard, a you know, maybe not even a rumor, but just kind of the idea that maybe they'll have Robert Downey Jr. do like a um, AI voice for something mm. like Spider-Man's new suit or something. I think that would be a fun way to kind of keep the spirit of that character around without, you know, having to fall back on Iron Man coming and saving the day. Because yeah. like I, I don't want Iron Man in Spider-Man Far From Home. Thought he was great no, in Homecoming. Yeah. But like I do kind of want him to do his own thing now. And I think this is so weird, but like Marvel is so good at keeping secrets. Like they barely put yeah. out any Endgame trailers until after Captain Marvel came out because right. they wanted people to see that film. But yet they still put out the Homecoming trailer, which like shows us like, you know, Spider-Man comes back and it they make right. the beginning of the trailer seem really like sad. Like they hint that Tony's that like dead or something yeah. happened. They hint of big things happening. And that kind of pissed me off. I was like, they could have definitely held out on homecoming trailers until after Endgame, but they didn't. And right, give really us a Spider-Man it. teaser. I mean, there's plenty in that movie that you could have done. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't have to show us Fury. You didn't, yep. you know, could have just left it with Mysterio, and that would have been great. And then, yeah, kind yeah. of, like you said, do what they did with Captain Marvel, where we didn't see her in any of the Endgame stuff, you know, until after that came out. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I was a little mad about that trailer. I'm not the kind of person that complains about trailers and, like, goes in blind. I'm the opposite. I like to, like, watch all the trailers and get really hyped and, like, look up theories. Like, I don't care. Mm, I, I want to know as much as I can know before I go in. But, like, that made me upset. Like, I was like, I don't like this trailer, and they should have kept their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, 
I think the biggest reason why the Avengers are going to have a chance in this movie and why Doctor Strange was convinced that what he was doing, you know, was going to set them on that path is that the gauntlet is maybe not always, but at least in this case, because of what Thanos did was so such a grand, you know, on a grand scale that it's almost like a one use sort of deal. We see the gauntlet kind of all screwed up after the snap. Yeah. And but did we see what happened to the Infinity Stones? Like they're still there, right? Yeah, they're intact. So I I just don't know. You, you know, I don't know if Doctor Strange saw that he needed to kind of unleash a lot of power, you know, for them to stand a chance against him, or you know, I I don't know exactly. Whatever he saw, it needs to happen, and they yeah. have you know they've mentioned it in the trailers. They have one shot at this, whatever it takes, right? Yeah. So. Hopefully they do it right. Hopefully, I mean, they are going to do it right. Like, it's one of those movies that we know they have to be successful. They can't right. not be successful. Otherwise, people are going to be really upset with uh, the MCU. But I think I think they're going to do it right. We got another trailer that dropped today. Did you see it? I did, yeah. Whew, oh boy. Sorry. <laughs> that was a lot. Because, like, the other trailers that dropped were still pretty, like ambiguous like we saw something the the biggest drop of information was the quantum suits in that last trailer like then everybody's like ah but then this one we see so many other things happening like we see a certain was it like the main i don't think it was the main five but we see like captain marvel and thor and like a couple other people on a ship we see thor cap and tony like approaching like all this cool stuff and i'm like oh my god i'm not ready for this i'm gonna be so well and and we see cap and tony together you know again for presumably the first time oh since uh civil war which i think is really cool we get the the handshake i was just i was emotional Uh too much for me you know it's not like we didn't know that was gonna happen but you know it was it was really cool to see i do hope though that they are leading us astray Mm -hmm. and like those things aren't happening because I love when they do that. It pisses me off, but I love it. Like, I love going to the movie, like, oh, this scene's gonna happen. And it just doesn't happen. It's something else entirely. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, I remember kind of the big thing going into Infinity Wars. Everyone thought with that shot of, you know, Steve holding Thanos' fist that, you know, Steve was probably gonna die in that scene. And that, that didn't happen. You know, they like, to, they like to steer us astray there. You know, there's that shot of the Hulk running with everybody and as you pointed out, you know, he doesn't really Didn't show happen, up in that yeah. film very often. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what is real in these trailers and what isn't. <laughs> There's so many. I've read so many theories. Um, my, my mind boggled. But I love getting y'all's theories because it just I just add it to my little collection. Like, I just right. have a, in my brain one little folder for theories. And every time somebody comes on, I just put it in there. <laughs> so that way, when I go see the movie... I already know what's going to happen, because it's going to be, like, a collection of all of those things, hopefully. Right. Or kind of hopefully of... not. Yeah. Maybe maybe we are all wrong, and something incredibly mind-blowing is going to happen. Right. But that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this recap. That's why we're talking about it, and we're figuring things out, is because we are so excited for Endgame. We bought our tickets. We're ready to <laughs> roll. If you haven't bought your ticket yet, what are you doing? Yeah, It's going to be sold out. You're not going to be able to see it on the day. You're going to have to wait until the next day. Um, go go buy your ticket. Go do it. Do it Because you don't want to get spoiled. You, you really don't. 
it's, know, you're gonna get want to hear someone on the street yeah. talking about it or something. Go you're gonna have to delete can. your Twitter account until you can finally get a ticket. It's gonna right. be crazy. So so go do that. Don't don't regret it in the long run. Um, but again, Zach, thank you for coming out. Of course, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, and you know, Winter Soldier is such a good movie. So I'm glad I'm glad we got to talk about it again. Yeah. If you liked hearing from Zach, if you liked hearing his theories and all of our discussion on Winter Soldier, give him a follow on um, Twitter at Zacterium. Zacterium. I'm never going to pronounce that the right way, but whichever way you want to see it out. Z-A-C-T-E-R-I-U-M. There you go. Um, But yeah, the next episode, like I said earlier, it's going to be episode 10. We're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the best Marvel movies. It's it's so good. Um, So yes, keep an eye out for that. Thank y'all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.